listen. Just listen. I'm Miles Pulaski, and you're listening to Second Story Podcast. Second Story is a hybrid performance series of stories, wine, and music, a collaboration among writers, actors, musicians, and others to create good stories and good times. The stories are written by the performers themselves, sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, always thought-provoking. And now, Second Story storyteller, Darwin Jones. Remember elementary school, trying to figure out who you were, how you fit in with all the other kids? Remember that really cool kid, the one that never had to figure it out? Always had people gathered around them, seemed to just coast through things. Well, when I was a kid, in my elementary school, that cool kid was my big brother, Eddie. I was 10 years old, it was summer. Now during the summers, my brother didn't have all his cool friends around. He pretty much had to hang out with me. But I ignored the fact that he had to, and I pretended that he wanted to, that I was one of the cool guys. We spent every day, every day, riding bikes, catching crawdads, hiking along railroad tracks, jumping from train trestles into creeks, We played Civil War in Fort Davidson, went swimming in elephant rock quarries, and the best, we climbed Pilot Knob Mountain and dared kids from the neighborhood to go so far back into the devil's icebox that their voices were just scraggly, hollow echoes from the cave every day. Well... Until I came home one day to find Reverend Duma sitting on the couch next to Mom, and two words screwed up everything. Church camp. (laughs) What do you think, Mom asked. Now, Duma gave us this look like we just bought the Amway he was selling. I didn't know what to say, but my brother Eddie replied right away. Replied perfectly. Replied like only he could. I think it'd suck. (laughs) Unfortunately, the it'd suck defense didn't hold up because that weekend we were loaded on a bus and shipped off to the boot hill of Missouri along the shores of Lake Wapapello to the wooded area known as Little Acorn Camp. Now, there were only a few other kids from Arcadia Valley. Prissy Mary Mueller, chubby Charlie Wilson. Now, that's not a slam, it was just a fact. Like, I was bony, or Melinda Cooper always had snot dripping out her nose. And Billy Barton. Billy Barton was my best friend. He was also the poorest kid I knew. He'd wear the same shirt like three days in a row, sometimes four. And he always had dirt on his face, on his neck, in his hair. We never talked about it. I mean, it's, like, it's not like he didn't know. Besides, we were best friends. It didn't matter. My brother Eddie was right about church camp. It sucked. I mean, they wouldn't let us play King of the Mountain. There weren't any BB guns. And when they caught us playing foot chicken, 
They confiscated my brother's knife and went all crazy about us throwing it at our feet, yelling that we were going to hurt someone. Yeah, that's how you lose foot chicken. Now, we did get to go swimming and hiking, and we got to burn stuff. First, just marshmallows and hot dogs, but then empty marshmallow bags, Prissy Mary Mueller's purple hair barrettes, and a pair of Charlie Wilson's underwear. And every night, because all the guys from Arcadia Valley got to sleep in the same bunkhouse, me and my brother Eddie and Billy Barton and Charlie Wilson would wait until our counselor, who was really just a sophomore at Arcadia Valley High, started snoring and we'd sneak behind the cabin and smoke cigarettes my brother had stolen from the bus driver. The mornings were the worst. Duma made us all hold hands in a circle while he stood in the middle and prayed at us. Billy and I stood there, dirty, sweaty palm and sweaty, dirty palm, waiting, waiting to go hiking, to go swimming, to go burning, to go. But no, we had to recite Bible verses. We didn't think it could get any lamer until we found out that the last night at church camp was devoted to skits. Skits. <laughs> now, Billy and I were on the same team and we came up with a great skit idea. It was about this porcupine that steals brains from girls, mixes it with snail slime, and then bakes it in their own easy bake ovens. My brother Eddie heard us talking about it, said it might be cool, but turns out cool had nothing to do with it. It didn't matter because our idea was vetoed by our counselor slash high schooler. Apparently, the skits had to be related to lessons from the Bible. You know, like, don't hit your brother or you'll go to hell. Or say please and thank you or you'll go to hell. Stuff like that. So our counselor slash high schooler made up a skit. We were all little acorns, and because of our faith in God, we would grow into mighty oaks. And apparently being a mighty oak made you so damn happy that you broke into song. <laughs> a lame song made up by kids that's supposed to teach everyone a lesson. Now our counselor slash high schooler acted like a genius when he came up with a tune but I think you'll recognize it. I'm a little acorn, young and wee. If I believe in God, I'll become a tree. He will feed me dirt and water me with rain. I'll have roots and branches and never go insane. Now, we were 10. Now, Billy was lucky. He played this acorn that didn't have faith. So his only job was to curl up on the floor and rot. <laughs> I guess if you don't believe in God, God will not believe in you. So the night before the skit, while we're, waiting, we're, while we're smoking the last of the bus driver's cigarettes, Billy and I figure out how to make the skit better. So we're on stage, we're being the little acorns, we're growing like we're supposed to, putting our roots into the ground and reaching our branches into the air and blah, 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 dumb. Well, except for Billy, because he was busy rotting. But when it came time to sing the song, Billy jumped up 
I caught sight of my brother out in the audience, looking bored out of his mind. This was my chance to impress him. So instead of singing about, singing about branches and roots and dirt and rain, Billy and I broke out. We sang a different song, an inspirational song, a song of teenagers and parking lots and beer in basements. That's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it, uh-huh, uh-huh. Everybody laughed. The kids from Arcadia Valley, from Farmington, from Piedmont, all the counselors slash high schoolers, even a couple of the cooks. My brother Eddie was out there and I caught his expression, open mouth, gut holding laughter. People were clapping and cheering and started singing along, uh-huh here and uh-huh there, until Reverend Duma burst on stage yelling for us to stop that it was inappropriate. Inappropriate, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it, uh-huh, uh-huh. It was the best. It was almost like we, Billy and I, were the cool kids. The next morning, the last day at camp, the last hour, while we waited for the buses to take us home, kids were slapping my back, punching my arm, telling me how funny it was. Even Eddie gave me this smirk, like at that moment, he was really happy to be my brother. And I thought, maybe I'm figuring it all out, figuring out how I fit. Then Eddie asked me, so where's Billy? I was so wrapped up in the attention that I hadn't even noticed that Billy wasn't around. By that time, the buses were lined up. We were all ready to load, to call it quits to go back to riding bikes, catching crawdads, and all that. And then I saw him, coming around the buses with Reverend Duma. Duma guided Billy's shoulder with one hand, and Billy just looked down at the ground. Like everyone else, he was all packed. He drug his black trash bag stuffed with all his clothes behind him. It was pockmarked where sticks had snagged holes in it. We have a situation, children. Reverend Duma used his guilting voice, the one we hear while the church sings just as I am. <laughs> Billy is missing three dollars. It was tucked in a sock inside his bag. Now it's gone. Show them, son. He nudged Billy, and Billy held up the sock with like a year's worth of footprint stains on it, and all the talking stopped. Then Duma guided Billy in front of all of us, and as he passed, I saw where tears had left clean tracks down his cheek. And just that thought, I couldn't imagine he wanted Duma doing this. That thought that someone was messing with Billy, that someone was messing with my best friend, made me madder than I'd ever been before. Whoever took the money, I'm sure Jesus is talking to you, telling you what you did was wrong, telling you he's disappointed in you. So come forward, do the right thing. Nobody moved. Nobody. On the bus, I sat next to Billy. The other kids were laughing and punching and gabbing. I tried talking to him a little, 
but I could tell he just didn't want to. So I just looked out the window, rode home. That night, after dinner, my brother Eddie and I laid on different limbs of the oak in our backyard. I was still mad at Duma for treating Billy that way. And I wondered if Billy would still be sad when I saw him in class. I didn't figure he would, but I didn't know how often $3 came his way. That's sad about Billy, huh, I said, him crying and all. Yeah, I guess, my brother said, but get this. And then life slowed down. His hand moved towards his pocket, and I knew what was happening. His fingers shoved into his jeans, and that title of my cool brother lost its gleam. He smiled that smile that wins so many people over. I lost all faith in it. He pulled out three dollars. Suddenly, I wanted to hang out with someone else. That was Darwin Jones. If his story gives you ideas for your own second story, we'd love to hear them. Please join us for our ongoing series at Webster's Wine Bar in the Morseland, or one of our upcoming special events. This September 29th, join us at Steppenwolf Theater. Visit our website for more details. Second Story Podcast is brought to you by Amanda Delheimer, Megan Steelstra, Shannon Sullivan, Mikhail Fixel, and Nick Kawahara. I am Miles Pulaski. Serendipity is funded in part by the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, the Illinois Arts Council Estate Agency, the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, City Arts Grants, the Chicago Community Foundation, part of the Chicago Community Trust, the Arts Work Fund, and listeners just like you. To find out more about Second Story, the performances, and our performers, or to make a donation, visit us at secondstory.com. <laughs>